Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcat. We're the self-proclaimed fantasy football expert duo of Ben Utterback and Trevor Sheppy. We're here to break down the toughest fantasy football questions with mediocre analysis and hard-hitting facts. We're back for season two. Hopefully you joined us for season one, but if not, welcome to our podcast. We hope you continue to, to join for fantasy advice. So yeah. on, on, on this episode, we'll be talking more about our podcast at a high level, what it is, what it's what we're trying to do, and then we'll get into an off-season recap and then get into AFC East and West breakdowns with before going and finishing off with our running back and quarterback tiers. Oh, yeah. We've got some changes this off-season. Um, hopefully, you're potentially watching us on YouTube, so that's going to be new. Uh, last year, we were fully on podcast. We're going to be continuing to do that. Um, but this year we're also going to be doing YouTube. We're going to see how that goes and see if we can get more traction there. So it's definitely something I'm excited about. And we plan to have, uh, two episodes a week. Um, they typically are going to come out on Wednesday and Friday and hopefully sometime in the morning, uh, probably around 10 or 11 o'clock. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this season. Football is coming up here, Ben. We've got, a we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, the first preseason game was on Thursday night. Steelers starting it off with a win to the first step of the Super Bowl journey. But yeah, it's good to have football back. I know a lot of drafts won't be happening until early September, but it's it's good to get the knowledge early and and then build from there. Yeah, just to reference, Ben's a Steelers fan. I'm a hated Pats fan, so uh, we've got a good rivalry here. But um, yeah, we had the first game between the Cowboys and Steelers, and uh, it was quite the boring first game, I have to say. I don't think there's too much fantasy we could get out of that. I think Najee Harris stayed on the field too long. That was the only thing I got out of it. But um, I'm hoping we get some more uh tidbits of information throughout the rest of the preseason yeah most of those tidbits are are from training camp from practices not you don't see a lot from from games but sometimes lower in the depth chart guys just fighting for opportunity that's a a good way to scout them yeah i i so the first two preseasons games i typically throw away but uh three and four you're gearing up for the season and i do think there is some important stuff to watch i know One thing that I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this year is Trey Lance versus Garoppolo. I think we won't get too much information in the first two games. I think they're going to split time. But I think what's going to be really important is in that game three and four, who is the first QB out of the gates? Yeah, and I expect it to be Garoppolo, but I I don't know how much into the season he's going to remain the starter. I I do think we see Lance early on, just not Mm -hmm. necessarily week one. Yeah, and he would uh, definitely change the uh, fantasy landscape at, uh, for the 49ers. I think that would be a, a very fun team to watch. But um, why don't we catch up on some of the offseason recap that happened over the, the past few months here? I know uh, we did an NFL live draft episode, and that was fun to talk through stuff. And at the time, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, where he was going to go with the Packers, and also Julio Jones. We both expected Julio to be traded, but... At the time of the draft, he wasn't, and now we have him going to the Titans. So, Ben, what do you think of Julio pairing up with A.J. Brown, Tannehill, and Derrick Henry? Yeah, this is an explosive offense, probably the best weapons in the league, and they lost their offensive coordinator last year in Arthur Smith, who's now the head coach of the Falcons, so that's something that we're going to have to consider, but with all those weapons, I expect Tannehill to have another strong year. And this is a Titans team that doesn't really play very good defense at the moment. So you can see a lot of exciting high scoring games for the Titans. Yeah. I think it was honestly the best location for Julio to go to. I think there was a few other options floating out there, but I think the Titans for me made the most sense. I think 
fantasy wise for him, he's going to take a downgrade. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the same Julio Jones that he was over the course of his career, but he's still going to be producing, I think, low end wide receiver two value. Yeah, I think he might be a steal in this draft. I think he's definitely not going to be the, the automatic first round pick that he's been in most years, but this year mm-hmm. I, I still think he's going to be round two, round three. I think he's going to live up to that as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, and that, that's the asterisk there. The only reason why I have him down lower there is because I, I don't think he's going to play all all the games this year. And this year we do have an extra game as well, so make sure you pay attention to that in your fantasy leagues. Uh, make sure you, you know when your playoffs are, you know the, the format and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and Trevor, another, another point that you mentioned was the draft. And based on the ADP right now, we're seeing a lot of rookies that are going at a premium. Oh, yeah. They're big names, a lot of – People know who they are. Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle. All these guys are going probably higher than a, a player of their experience should because these guys, these guys are rookies and people expect them to contribute right away. But we'll see if they can live up to the hype. Yeah. So, Ben, who's your rookie to watch? Who do you think is right now the biggest steal in the draft? Ooh, in terms of the biggest steal, I that's tough. But I think, I think it could be Devontae Smith. I think the Eagles yeah. needed – need a wide receiver to step up. I know they want to run the ball a lot with Hertz. Hertz and Sanders should be uh, very good fantasy players this year, but they need a wide receiver to step up. And Devontae Smith is going to have that opportunity as long as he can stay healthy. But it seems like in training camp, there has been a little bit of an injury uh, issue, but hopefully Mm -hmm. that can be cleared up before the start of the season. Yeah, I think earlier on in the offseason, for me, it was Kyle Pitts, and that was when Julio was on the Falcons. But since then, he has skyrocketed up, and he's going right behind um, Andrews out of uh, Baltimore. And I think he can produce, but we haven't really seen a rookie tight end produce that much in their first year. I think you have to break all the rookie stats for him to live up to where he's being drafted. I think for me, Travis Etienne right now is going to be a great steal. I think he's going to beat James Robinson out for that job. Um, I mean, Urban Meyer had a fantastic running back last year in James Robinson, and then they drafted Etienne in, what, what was it, first first round or second first round? round? First round. You don't do that if you have belief in your undrafted rookie running back from the previous year who cost you nothing. Um yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. I actually really like both guys. I think they're going to find a way to both be significant fantasy contributors, but it'll definitely affect their ceilings. I don't think we're going to see either guy become a, a top 10 or top 12 running back this year. Yeah, I'm hoping ETN doesn't fly up the boards, but I got a feeling like he's uh, going to come draft day after we see a few preseason games where he has a highlight and then ESPN decides to make it everything. So we're, we're going to hope he stays down low. But um uh, last sort of thing before we get into the uh, the breakdown here, Ben, for offseason recaps, do you have a, a team that you're really excited for going into this year? Yeah, I'm really excited with the Washington football team going, deciding to go another year without a, a real name. But next year, gonna, next year, though, yeah, they're going to get a year, name. They're going to decide on something. But I really love the weapons that this team has now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know he's not a great quarterback, but we know he's he's proficient. He's he's solid. He'll be the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin's ever played with. And McLaurin's been Mm -hmm. very good the last two years with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and all those other bad quarterbacks. So definitely looking to see what he can do in this offense. And I love the addition of Curtis Samuel. I think he really compliments Terry McLaurin very well. He's a speedster. They'll try to get him involved all over the field. And, And Antonio Gibson, we saw what he did as a rookie last year. 
I expect him to build on that earlier in the season. He's going to get a lot of work and, and really be a, a factor in both the rushing and the passing game. So I, I love how this offense comes together and throw in Logan Thomas and some other uh, weapons at wide receiver. And I think it's going to be a really good offense. Yeah, no, Curtis Samuel is hurt. So we're hoping he comes back soon, but I think he is a, a great steal at the end of the draft. He's going to be a great player playing under Ron Rivera again. And I think he's, he's just going to kill it this year, but I think a team for me and, I don't necessarily know if I have a lot of investment into this team through the mock drafts I've been in so far, but the Bengals are very exciting to me. You saw at the beginning of last year, Joe Burrow sort of start to take off and unfortunately he just got hurt. But this year they improved their offensive line. They have a great running back in Joe Mixon. They have three very talented wide receivers, Jamar Chase, they have Higgins and they have Boyd. Um, they lost AJ Green. So there's a lot of target shares out there to go around, and I think it's going to be a very fun team to watch. And maybe it's not every week you have a wide receiver one, but I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy value once things uh, start to settle down in Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. That's an exciting team, and we'll get into it more in our next episode when we talk more about the Bengals. But I think yep. it's it's interesting to see that Jamar Chase is going ahead of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd right now. So that's yep. definitely a topic that we'll get into more in our next episode. Oh, yeah. So why don't we go into our first breakdown here? We have the AFC East. we got my team, the Patriots. we got the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. So, Ben, why don't you kick us off here? Who are we starting with? we got to start with the Bills. they got to build off their, their first conference championship appearance in 27 years. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen just got paid this week. A lot of money guaranteed. Well-deserved. A lot of money. He really, he really took a big leap that we really haven't seen from a year two to year three quarterback before. So, Definitely good for him, and we expect this offense to keep thriving. Lost John Brown, but added Emmanuel Sanders, so shouldn't mm-hmm. skip a beat there. We'll see. I think the biggest question is at running back. It's Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Who can you trust for fantasy purposes? Yeah, I think that's a big question mark there. I, I think one thing on Josh Allen, though, is the uh, the Madden rankings haven't quite caught up yet. I think he's still like an 88 in Madden, and it's just ridiculous. But um yeah, no, I think this team's going to be very exciting to watch. I think they're going to be a fun team for football. But in terms for fantasy, I think there's really only two pieces I want here. And I'm probably out on Allen just on where he's being drafted in fantasy. I think, Ben, you and I are both late-round QB guys. Unless you can get maybe like a Kyler Murray in the third or, or the fourth round-ish in that area, you've got a good price on him, then maybe you, you select him. But I think Josh Allen right now is ADP is just too high and uh, I don't see it going anywhere. So I think they're really the only guy I'd be willing to draft is Diggs. I think between Moss and Singletary, Moss is going to be the better running back for fantasy football and his ADP is low. So, I mean, he could be a good value, but there's not, I don't see much value here. I think they're going to be fringe RB threes each week, just because Allen's got that running capabilities. Yeah, I'm I'm completely out on Singletary. He's had plenty of opportunities to to take over the number one job last year and the year before, and he really hasn't done it. So I, I wouldn't want to draft him in any situation. But I like Zach Moss at his current ADP. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think this is a job that he can really take over. He can become a guy who scores close to 10 touchdowns from those, those goal line and red zone opportunities. So I, I really like Zach Moss at, at where he's going right now. All right, so question for you then are you 
just trying to get your sense on where you would draft him. And mind you, we're going to get in this running back tiers later, so maybe we hold off. But one comparison could be Ronald Jones. I think they're similar-ish running backs. Um, between those two, who would you be selecting? Yeah, they're. I'd say they're about in the, the same tier, but I'd go with Zach Moss. I think his upside is higher. Um, I think Ronald Jones, I think he needs Leonard Fournette to get hurt for him to really have that upside. Mm-hmm. I think most weeks you're not going to be able to know if you're going to start Ronald Jones or not. And you're probably not going to start him if, if Fournette's healthy. But Zach Moss, I think, can get to the point where even if Singletary's healthy, Zach Moss can be a guy who you can start at the uh, low-end RB2, high-end flex in that range. Yeah. All right. So outside of those guys, I think Diggs is a certified uh, wide receiver one this year. Um, the other guys that we have on the roster right now are Davis, Beasley, and Sanders. Out of those three, and mind you, all their ADPs are basically undrafted at the moment. Who are you selecting out of that bunch? I think it really depends on who else you draft earlier at the wide receiver position because Cole Beasley, we saw it last year. He's a steady guy. He scored over 10 points in the majority of his games last year. If you are just looking for some steadiness, a guy you can just plug into your lineup with some other high volatility guys elsewhere in your lineup, then I think he's a good slot there. But Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's got a lot of upside. We saw John Brown at parts of the last two years really succeed in this offense. But toward the end of last year, he couldn't stay healthy and really uh, Beasley stepped up and Gabe Davis really stepped up late in the year. But yeah. I'm not sure that Davis you can really rely on for enough volume unless somebody yeah. gets hurt. Yeah, I think in a best ball league, Davis is a guy you, you're going to want to select. I think he's got a lot more value there. Week to week value, I don't think Davis has much, even though – and we harped on this last year, Ben. The Bills really like him. Like he's going to be the deep ball threat there. The rest of the guys are underneath and besides Diggs, of course. Um but Davis is a pure outside threat, and I think that's what they're going to use him as. But for me, the guy to go to here is going to be Beasley. I think last year he certified himself as that wide receiver that Josh Allen is going to go to. And I think in PPR leagues, Beasley is an absolute steal. He is going undrafted. Pick him up with your last slot, and you're going to get average probably nine points a week. And with your last pick as your wide receiver. I think that's good. He's going to have better weeks. He's going to have some average weeks, but I think he is a great last round selection. Yeah. You know what you're going to get from him. So I definitely agree there that he's a good late round selection. Anything else on the bills before we move on, Trevor? I think that's it, but it uh, looks like we have the dolphins up next and they are a team that is um, going to be filled with surprises. I think this year. So who are you targeting from this team? Do you think Tua has a year two comeback? I do think he, he definitely improves this year. I think last year he wasn't great, but I, I think he did show signs that he can be a good quarterback. He was a really good quarterback in college, and now he had a full offseason to prepare as a starter. I think that's huge. And I really like these wide receivers this year. Uh, Fuller, they signed in the offseason, one-year deal. He'll be suspended for the first game, but you really shouldn't be drafting like differently because of that. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle, first round pick. And then Devontae Parker, who's still there and who I think is going way too low right now. I think he's the perfect complement to guys like Fuller and Waddle, who are both speedsters. And I think Parker can really take advantage of that and outperform his ADP. 
Yeah, I think I think Tua is going to have a better year this year. I think with Fitzpatrick gone, luckily that has happened because I think they really did hurt his confidence last year. Um, taking him out at the end of a game to put in Fitzpatrick to try and win the game, I think that really did hinder him and his performances. But again, you have to think last year, like, who did they really have? They didn't have much. They had Parker and they had Gesicki. Uh, they added two fantastic wide receivers. Fuller was the best wide receiver for fantasy points per touch last year. And mind you, he was with Watson, which is a better quarterback. But I think right now, Fuller is an absolute steal. I think a lot of people are turned off by him because of the steroids and because of his one game suspension. And I think, yeah, that's, that's great for if you don't want him, but that leaves a massive opportunity for the rest of us who do that extra bit of research. And I think he's going to be a great person to add to your team. Yeah. I'd be fine with any of these three wide receivers. I think Waddle might be going a little too high for my liking right now. I think mm-hmm. he may be a gone, maybe a guy who we see come on later in the year, but from day one, I like Fuller and Parker both to exceed where they're being drafted right now. And Mike Gizicki, you mentioned as well. He's a guy, I really like his upside this year. We really haven't seen the, the consistency we're looking for in previous years, but Tua seemed to really trust him last year. And hopefully with a, another offseason together, they can build that relationship. And Gizicki can be a, a consistent tight end one. Yeah, I. <laughs> It's tough with consistent tight end one. I think there's very few of those guys who are going to be consistent tight end ones. I think it's, I mean, you've got your top three in Waller, Kelsey, and uh, Kittle. But outside of that, I think the only other consistent guys are going to be um, Pitts, Andrews, and Hawkinson. So, I mean, that's six guys right there. And out of the rest, I think I've got preferred options instead of Kasiki. I think I'd rather have a Logan Thomas. I would rather have a Goddard. I'd rather have a Noah Fant. So for me, I think I am looking elsewhere in the draft to pick up a tight end. Yeah, I, I have Gazicki right now as my eighth tight end right behind Goddard, right ahead of Logan Thomas. But I, I think that's definitely on the high end for him. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I do I do really like his potential this year. Guys like Noah Fant, I, they're not showing consistency either. So I think Gazicki yeah maybe with all these speed threats downfield, it could open up the middle of the field for someone like Kaziki. Yeah. So going back to uh, Will Fuller for a second, right now he's going around the, uh, I think LaVisca Chanel, Tyler Boyd range. Let me look up what his ESPN rankings are. Um, but I think he's just going to be an absolute fantastic steal, but uh, I'll, we can move on from this point here. I know I've already made it. And let's just briefly touch on miles Gaskin before we move on. We expect, well, we thought they might sign a running back this offseason like Aaron Jones or someone like that, but they're sticking with Miles Gaskin. It looks like he's going to get a lot of the work at running back. They got Salvan Ahmed and Malcolm Brown as backups, but we really think this is Miles Gaskin's job to lose. So definitely like him as a, a probably top 20 running back this year. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be right around that range. I think his ADP is good as of right now and where he's going but i think when you're in a draft you're trying to get value for your pick and right now i don't necessarily know if gaskin is a value for his pick 
Mind you, I think he's going to be good for fantasy. He's going to be an RB2 a lot of the weeks, but right now I just don't necessarily see it. So currently I'm staying pretty far away from him in drafts, and I think there's better wide receivers in the area that he's going um, that you can pick up instead. Because right now you've got Daryl Henderson behind him, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds. Those are all maybe not Mike Davis, but those are all guys I would select ahead of him. Um, and same with Travis Etienne. So I think I'm kind of out on him this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's – I'd call it a par right now. I Where he's at, I'd consider drafting him, but I'm definitely not eager to draft him at his ADP. I think it's it's about right for now, and depending on situation, I, yeah. I may take a look at him. Yeah, and I think we could definitely pick him up later in the year. I think you could easily um, – get some value for him later on in a trade. But I think for draft, mind you, we're all, we're looking at the draft right now and we're trying to find value in where they're being drafted. And right now, as good as he might be, I don't think he's going to be a, a good value for where he's currently going. All right, let's move on to the Patriots. Finishing third last year in the division. Trevor, kick us off with your Patriots. Oh, yes. I get all the questions. Are you a Cam guy? Are you a Mac Jones guy? And... I've been going back and forth. I think Mac Jones is the future for the Patriots, at least potential future. I, no one can say if he's going to be a, a consistent starter or we're going to move on, but I don't think Cam's the option. But I don't like rushing uh, rookie QBs into starting spots. So I think for me, Cam's going to start the first half of the season, and then I think Mac Jones might be filtered in. Um and for fantasy, what that means is a lot of the Patriots players are not going to have value in the first half of the season. Um, we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with Nelson Aguilar out wide. We're going to see a lot of uh, Damian Harris rushing through the middle, and then we're going to see a lot of Cam doing the stretch over the uh, into the end zone from one or two yards out. So I don't think I'm drafting anyone outside of Damian Harris here just because of the two tight end set setup that we're going to be showing for a lot of the year. So you don't like either of the tight ends, Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith? As players individually, I think they're very talented. They're the reason they got paid. But when you've got Cam throwing them the football, I don't think they're going to be valuable as someone else you could grab. The names I mentioned previously weren't talking about Kasiki. I think there's other options I would much rather prefer to go get than these guys. Yeah, I'd definitely be cautious here as well. I think Hunter Henry, I do think, is a, a better receiving tight end. So I think we may start, to, we may see the opportunity for him to to catch a decent number of touchdowns, get, a, get several targets every game. But it is hard to tell it depending on who the quarterback is going to be. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I do expect Cam to be the starter week one. So we'll see how that plays out throughout the season. But I, and Damian Harris, you mentioned. Do you really trust that he's going to be the starting running back every week? Do we think Sonny Michelle is going to steal some touches or James mm -hmm. White, depending on the situation? Yeah. So let's rewind back to the beginning of last year. So he was drafted coming out and he was all the rage in the Pats camp. He was projected to be the RB1 last year. He unfortunately got hurt, which meant that the door was left open and other running backs got touches. And then when you saw him come into the uh, season last year, he was getting the bulk of the, the load there. And mind you, yes, he's not going to be a, a heavily used passing down back. But with Cam Newton at quarterback, I think 
you're going to have a hard-nosed running back, and Sony Michelle is just not going to be that guy. We saw that last year. He was faced out of the offense, and Damian Harris is going to rush a lot of times, and he's going to average probably around 90 yards a game, but it's just a question mark on the touchdowns if those are going to come. If it's Mac Jones, I move Harris up the board. If it's Cam, I still move him down the board. All right, I think the last question I have on the Patriots is Nelson Aguilar, who's going as wide receiver 60 right now on ESPN. Mm -hmm. Are you buying or selling him at at that ADP? I mean, how can you not buy that? I mean, it's difficult to just not pick him up at the end of your draft. He's a wide receiver one. He's going to be the wide receiver one. You're going to see him on the field for 85% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps on offense. Yes, Cam throwing the football is not great. We've seen that. He got surgery, so hopefully his arm movement's better, and hopefully he's a better quarterback this year for passing. But, I mean, you're talking about wide receiver 60. How do you not go for a wide receiver one at that point? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's going to be similar to last year where on the Raiders, very underestimated, no one was talking about him. And then he became a guy you could trust a lot of weeks because he had the opportunity, not a lot of other good wide receivers. So definitely opportunity Mm -hmm. is, is there for him to, to take, but I think that's it for the Patriots. And let's move on to the J E T S jets, 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 jets. They're going to suck this year (laughs) again, (laughs) but, but the future is bright. You got Rob Sala. They got Zach Wilson, but that being said, they don't have too many good players, especially for fantasy. Is there anybody that you'd consider drafting (sighs) this year, Trevor? I think Michael Carter is the guy I'm going for. I think you can get him at a good value and he's going to be the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, the running back starter, probably earlier on in the season. He might be going into week one as a starter, but I think he's the one guy I'm taking a shot on here outside of that. I mean, I'm hoping this jets offense is better for fantasy football because Ben is we're fantasy football guys. And I think we always want to have a reason to watch a team. And right now we don't have that with the jets. Yeah, hopefully Zach Wilson can be good from day one, at least allow them to stay in some games, not get blown out every single week. But I think these wide receivers, it's interesting dilemma because Jamison Crowder, he's still with the Jets. He didn't get traded, even though a lot of people expect him to get traded. He still might, Mm -hmm. but he's going so deep in drafts right now that he's an absolute steal at wide receiver 66 if he stays on the the Jets. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can trust him. Elijah Moore, everyone really likes in camp. He's got a lot of potential. If they're bringing in a new quarterback, new running back, Elijah Moore can step in there as a a rookie wide receiver as well, and that offense can really build for the future. Yeah, and see, it's built for the future, and that's why I think Jamison Crowder just is not going to be the guy that they're going to go to. I think Elijah – I think Jamison Crowder is going to be the wide receiver three because, mind you, we've got – Corey Davis is your starting guy they just paid. you got a, a highly touted wide receiver in Elijah Moore who's going to be a wide receiver too. I think they're just going to go with that. And I think Jameson Crowder is going to be a waste of traffic. I think I'm, I'm hoping Corey Davis has value. I'm hoping that I think he's a good wide receiver. He's probably, a, he's a very good wide receiver two on teams. I don't think he's a wide receiver one, but he's going to be targeted like a wide receiver one this year. And um, Zach Wilson has lost a lot of press this offseason, and no one's really talking about him. So I'm hoping he does come as a surprise to people because everyone's been focusing on Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance or um, who's Chicago quarterback, Fields. Um, 
I think everyone's focusing there and focusing away from the Jets. So I'm hoping that he can surprise us and sort of bring some more fantasy value back to the Jets this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I skipped right over Corey Davis, but he's wide receiver 49 right now. And like you said, he's going to get that wide receiver one workload and it should be able to put up stats that exceed that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to pay attention to for the Jets, which is weird to say, in the preseason games. I want to see how that chemistry is working and how Wilson looks on the field as he's been so basically flattened in, in terms of any sort of articles written on, on him this year. So something to watch in the preseason there. Yeah, and this might be a team that after week one, everyone's going to be rushed into the waiver wire to pick up one of these guys after a big game. But yep. we'll have to wait and see on that. So that is the AFC East. Trevor, who do you have winning the AFC East this year? I think it's pretty easy. I think it's going to be Bills. I think it's going to then be the Patriots, and then it's going to be the Dolphins. I think the Pats, they get a lot of players back on defense, and I think they're going to be a lot better this year than better than people expect. So I think Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. I'll go Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. I think Pats and Dolphins will be in a battle for one of those wild card spots, but yeah. this should be the, the Bills division to lose, and I think they'll – They'll definitely win unless Josh Allen gets hurt. So Great. let's move on to the AFC West. So the Chiefs, second Super Bowl appearance in a row, but this one didn't turn out as well. So Trevor, gets, get us started on the Chiefs. Yeah, I am all in on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think last year, it wasn't his year, but he still got a lot of touches. And I think going into this year, he's going to be used as – that wider that running back one and there's not going to be anyone else he's going to get all those touches and he had i don't remember the stat off the top of my head but he had a crazy amount of rushes inside the five yard line that just didn't get over into the end zone and there's going to be a positive regression there where he's going to get more touchdowns this year i think right now he's being drafted in the if we're talking about a 12-man ppr he's drafted late in the second round and I think he, or early third, and I think he is just a fantastic steal right there. Yeah, he's definitely going to have the opportunity. My only question is durability. Is he going to be able to withstand a 17-game season? And he was a little banged up last year, but we'll, we'll see how he comes in this year. Uh, but, yeah, the opportunities there, I agree. He's a He could be a steal if he drops to the third round. But, yeah. you know, he's definitely a solid option. Kelsey and Hill likely going in the first round. If you can get them, then – definitely get them but the question here is really on the wide receiver too do you trust McCole Hardman do you trust Demarcus Robinson or are you staying away from both yeah I do want to touch on Kelsey for a minute but um, I think out of those two wide receivers I think we've had enough data on each of them to not select either of them it's very tempted to take Hardman late on because now he's going to be the wide receiver too but over the course of the past few years, we've seen no fantasy value for the wide receiver two in Kansas City consistently. And with Hardman, he hasn't had a single game over 100 yards yet. That's it. I, I'm, I, he's being hyped, and he's going to keep moving up the draft board. But for me, I think I'm out where he's currently being drafted. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd stay away from both. I like Hardman over Robinson, but I, I really don't – he'd have to fall – to very late in the draft for me to consider taking him, but the potential is definitely there. He's a Tyreek Hill like weapon. He can do some of the similar stuff and we'll see if he can get open downfield like Tyreek Hill has throughout his career. But Trevor back to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I know. It seems uh, ridiculous that we want to talk about just someone who's so good, uh, obvious tight end one, but 
I think I do want to highlight throughout the beginning of this process here, the tight ends. Typically, we haven't selected tight ends in the first round. Typically, I'm like, no, I'm out. But I think this year, Ben, I am selecting Travis Kelsey as my number seven, seven or eight person off the board behind the running backs. I think I'm selecting him ahead of any wide receiver just based off the differential that he gives you at that position. You know what you're getting from him every week. You know you're going to be five or six points higher than everyone else. And I think he is just a fantastic value, whereas a wide receiver, you can get a potential wide receiver one in the third round this year, maybe the fourth round. And I think you can wait on wide receiver and potentially select him in the first round and then pair him with a running back in the second round. Yeah, I'm a little upset that the fantasy community has finally caught up to Travis Kelsey because he's a guy who I've taken in the second round, I think, the last two years in a couple of my leagues. And that opportunity is really not there anymore. First round, it's it's hard to take him in the first round, but sometimes you may have to. But I, yeah. I thought he was a steal in the second round. and. And yeah, it really depends on where you're drafting in the first round to, to see mm-hmm. if he's worth taking. But like you said, right after the running backs, I mean, he's up there right with Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. But I mean, I, I think it's really up to him or Adams as the first non-running back off the board. Yeah, I think those are the two. And uh, we'll talk more about him later on. But uh, I think it's a very interesting year. And I think you could you should have three tight ends selected in the first three rounds pretty much. Agreed. And let's move on to the next team, which has one of those other two uh, tight ends and Darren Waller, and that's the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So Raiders, some disappointing performances the last few years under John Gruden. This is a year that they need to see progress. And I'm not sure if they're going to see it in a tough division, but Trevor, what do you like about the Raiders this year for fantasy purposes? Yeah, I think I like their wide receivers. I mean, we had Nelson Aguilar come from, the Raiders to the Patriots, and that leaves a lot of open targets. And I think Ruggs right now is going way down the board, and I think he is going to be a very good value later in the draft. Again, we're talking about these wide receiver ones who are be going late in the in the draft. I think he's just going to be someone who, who you can take your shot on. And mind you, at the end of your draft, when you're looking for a wide receiver on your bench, you're looking for someone who can outperform you're looking for someone who can be great. I think Ruggs is that guy on the Raiders this year that I'm looking at outside of Waller. Yeah, and people may forget that Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 draft ahead mm-hmm. of all those superstars, Claypool, Jefferson, Ayuk, all those guys. Ruggs was the first guy off the board, because mostly because of his speed. But mm-hmm. I definitely like, like Ruggs as well. And if you're looking for a late flyer, Brian Edwards, he really has very strong sentiment coming from Raiders camp. This year, yes, he he's does. been compared to T.O., Randy Moss, Devontae Adams, which is a little hey, bit I absurd. think those are a little bit obscene. But if people are willing to make those comparisons, definitely pay attention to him. If he's if it's a last-round flyer, then maybe take his upside over a guy like, I don't know, someone who's who could be more consistent, Sterling Shepard maybe. That maybe, I think maybe Wes Welker is probably going around the range uh, Edwards is right now. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a late guy who may go undrafted, but if you're looking for a late-round flyer, training camp sentiment has definitely been on his side. Yeah, and going back to Ruggs for a second, he's being drafted right around Waddle, right around Davis, Mike Williams, and I think he has a lot more upside than anyone else there. And I think we saw a flash of it last year, but I think this year we're definitely going to see a little bit more. But let's move on to the running backs. I think I was surprised when the Raiders decided to pay Drake 
But um, Ben, what, what do you think about Josh Jacobs this year? And how much do you think Drake's going to cut into his uh, running back potential there? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't pay a guy like Drake what they're paying him if you weren't going to get him involved. So mm-hmm. I, I'm staying as far away from these two guys as possible. I think unless one of them gets hurt, you're really going to see them split work and, and really neither guy's going to be a, a running back two or above. So I, I'd stay yep. away from these guys. I, I do like Jacobs a little more than Drake, but I, I really want nothing to do with these guys. Yeah. And what's frustrating to me is Josh Jacobs is a fantastic running back. He is a great running okay. I think he's a great running back. Look at his production the last two years. <laughs> yeah, but again, you're you're playing with the Raiders with the uh, I don't think a very good offensive line. And I don't know. I think of the talents there, and I do believe in him, but I think I don't believe or I know I don't believe in the Raiders coaching staff. So like Ben, I'm out. And right now you can get Daryl Henderson, you can get Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds. Kareem Hunt, all at the same value that you're getting for Josh Jacobs. And there's much better wide receivers going around that same range. You get CD Lamb or you can get Josh Jacobs. I'm 100% going CD Lamb every single day of the week over him. So it's unfortunate because I think he is a good fantasy player. But this year, if Drake is healthy, he's going to cut in and they're both not going to have value. Yeah, and I, I don't think we've touched much on about quarterbacks so far on this episode, but Derek Carr mm-hmm. is a guy who, I, who I'm who i going to look to start some weeks. He could be a good weekly streamer. If this oh, offense yeah. is going to take flight, it's going to be dependent on him. And with these wide receivers that we talked about, could be a good opportunity for him as a fantasy starter. Yeah, and, and the reason why we don't talk too much about quarterbacks in some situations is for these teams that we've talked about so far, it's pretty clear that you're drafting them or you're not. Uh, we've had Mahomes, we've had Josh Allen, we've had that. Those are the good ones. And you got a bunch of bad ones and Tua, cam, uh, and then Derek Carr. But I think Derek Carr out of that bunch is the best. And I think he is going to have fantasy value in spurts. Like you said, he did last year. And I, I know Ben, you and I used him a bit in our leagues and he would work great for us. So I think he's definitely someone who once the landscape sort of settles and we see, okay, what team is good defense, what team has a bad defense against quarterbacks, then you can start playing the game with Derek Carr and starting him in spots. Yep, exactly. So let's move on to the next team, the Chargers, a team who there's a lot of buzz about. They got a second-year quarterback in Justin Herbert, who was great last year, mm-hmm. new head coach in Brandon Staley, who was terrific as the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year. Yep. A lot of optimism for this team. Trevor, for fantasy, what do you like from the Chargers? I think Eckler has the ceiling of an RB3. I think he is someone in a PPR league. I think he is someone who is my next, and we'll talk about more of this when you get in the tiers, but I think he is going to be a fantastic steal where he's going, which is right at the beginning of round two. Um, he is just someone I am drafting everywhere if I can. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, Guys like Zeke are going ahead of him. Saquon, those guys, those are guys with more questions. I think Austin Eckler is definitely a safer pick than guys like that. He may have a little bit less upside than someone like Saquon based on volume, but mm-hmm. I think Eckler is definitely a safer option. It definitely has that ceiling that you mentioned. Yeah, Ben, I think you and I might disagree on Zeke uh, this year, but uh, we'll have to wait and see when we get to the Cowboys in the, the next few episodes here. But um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, Keenan Allen. He's your go-to there, um, but Mike Williams is sort of the next guy up, and he had 
very few touchdowns last year, and they got rid of Hunter Henry. Um, I think Mike Williams is due to have a big year this year. I think he's going to be a more of a touchdown threat and get more than he did last year. So he's someone I'm looking at and targeting in the draft if he's at the right price. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for Mike Williams. He had a full offseason to work with Justin Herbert, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason last year he may not have had as much success. Is that the chemistry wasn't necessarily there with him and Herbert, but the opportunity is there. But I don't know if I can trust myself to take Mike Williams for him to stay healthy, for me to ever be able to feel confident in putting him in my lineup because he's a guy who he has great weeks and then he has poor weeks. So he's a high, highly volatile guy that I don't know if I can trust. But mm-hmm. based on where he's being taken – Wide receiver 50 right now. Yeah. So I at that range, I, I'm willing to take a flyer, but yeah, I might make sure I have some some consistent guys ahead of him if I'm going to do that. Yeah. No, I, you don't want him as your starter, but I think you want him by week five this year. I think by then you'll sort of get your idea of where he's going to be at. And it's all about trying to draft value. And I think later on, I'm willing to be more risky than safe because if I'm picking like a LaVisca Chenault, if I'm drafting him, I know I'm going to get max like eight, nine points a week. Like I'm not going to get these boom games. Whereas Mike Williams, you could have boom games and he could become a wide receiver two, a wide receiver three. Like th- those are not out of the range of opportunities. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think he has that potential to be that type of wide receiver. Yep, and before we move on from the Chargers, Jared Cook continuing his career. It should be another great opportunity for him as a tight end, filling in that Hunter Henry role. As Hunter Henry was a, a solid tight end one for most of last year. Trevor, do you think Jared Cook can can fill in that role and become a, a guy who can start from week to week, but maybe not want to? Yeah, I think the can is the point there. Uh, I think the want is not going to be there. I think you can start him in spots, but in the draft and not looking at him. He'll be a good waiver addition potentially later on in the season, but drafting him is not going to be someone who's going to be going off the boards. All right, let's move on to the final team of the AFC West. And I think this is one of the most interesting teams for fantasy purposes, because there's a lot of guys we're going to have to see who can step up and really be that consistent fantasy producer. But the Broncos starting at the quarterback position, we don't know if it's going to be Locke or Bridgewater, but I really don't think it has too much of a difference for fantasy purposes. I think it does. I think if Bridgewater's the QB, you've got a much higher fantasy production for everyone on that team. I mean, you saw Bridgewater carry Mike Davis, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel last year. Like, those are four guys that you wanted to play. And DJ Moore has this weird notion about him where he wasn't that good, but he had, was consistently targeted. Same with Robbie Anderson, and he was great for PPR leagues, and they didn't come down with the touchdowns. But I think Bridgewater can uplift Jerry Judy, can uplift uh, hopefully Javante Williams if he's the running back. Um, I know I'm forgetting one of the uh, wide receivers there, but Noah Fant as well. I think if Bridgewater's QB, he's going to be a much greater addition than Drew Locke is. Yeah, that's a fair point. But yeah, Drew Locke, definitely, if he's going to be the quarterback, he needs to show improvement right away or else his career as a starting quarterback is going to be over. But you mentioned these wide receivers. I love Jerry Judy. I think out of the second year receivers, I think he's going to take the biggest leap from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. I really think he's going to be the number one for these this Broncos team. He's a great route runner. Had some drop issues last year that I'm not concerned about. I think he's really going to step up. I have him 
as my wide receiver 29 right now, which is ahead. He's 30 going 34 in ESPN drafts, but I, I definitely think he's going to be the top option here in a loaded wide receiver room with Cortland Sutton coming off a torn yeah. ACL, KJ Hamler, um, Tim Patrick, a guy who we talked about a lot last year as a consistent oh, yeah. option, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see how these guys are when they're all healthy. Yeah, for me, I think it's Cortland Sutton over Jared Judy. I just think he's going to be the go-to guy. But, again, it all relies on the quarterback. If Drew Locke's the quarterback, then these fantasy options are going to – I'm moving them down the board a bit. But, I don't know. For me, I think that they're definitely the two guys to watch. But in, you said – I want to highlight something you said. When you're talking about wide receiver, second-year wide receivers, are you talking about – He's going to have the biggest breakout of all the wide receivers going into their second year or just on the Broncos? For anybody, all teams, but the biggest jump from year one to year two. Like we saw guys like Justin Jefferson and Ayuk and and Claypool Mm -hmm. have great rookie years, but I don't know how much we expect them to grow. Henry Ruggs is a guy who we could see take a big jump Mm -hmm. as well. But Jerry Judy, I think, I think by the end of the year, we're going to see him and talk about him next year as a probably in the wide receiver two range. Okay, interesting. Fair. That's fair. I, I think my biggest jump is going to be CD Lamb, and we're going to touch on him a lot later on. I think he's going to have the biggest jump this year, even on top of what he did last year. Um, because when you get wide receivers who do really well in their first year, the likelihood of them doing even better in the second year, year is great. Um, for the average wide receivers, it's not always that. But I think CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool are on that top tier where Jerry Judy maybe isn't. But we'll have to wait and see what happens with them. But I, I'm very curious on what we do with the quarterbacks here. All right. AFC West. Trevor, I think it's pretty clear who's going to win this division, but give us your your rankings in terms of the four. Yep, the Broncos are going to win the division. Um, no, I'm joking. It's going to be Chiefs. Uh, I have to say that I got a lot of coworkers in Kansas City, and it's unfortunate I have to say the Chiefs are going to win it. Um, then the Chargers, I think, are going to be very close in second. And then it's going to be a bottom-tier battle between the Raiders and the Broncos. Yeah, I think the Raiders and the Broncos will both be competitive, but I agree with you on the order. It should be Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, I'll, I'll go Broncos over Raiders. Okay. Alrighty, well that wraps up our AFC East and AFC West breakdowns. We're going to quickly go through our tiers here and then going to wrap up the episode. Um, ben, let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, tier one, I think it's pretty obvious who we have here. Yeah, I think it's tough to where to draw the line here because I think right now we have Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray as the guys in tier one. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson are guys who it depends on if you want two people as a tier, then it's Mahomes and Kyler. If you want if you allow four people, then maybe Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson jump yeah. up. But I think they're definitely on the, the the borderline between one and two. Yeah, for me, I think it's pretty clear cut. Uh, I think if you did want to extend it to four, then yes, those would be the two I add. But I think for tier one, there's just I think Kyler is going to be the top quarterback this year, and Mahomes is going to be right there at second. Um, but uh, I th- let's go into tier two since we're already talking about them anyways. I think we both have Allen and Lamar there. Are there any other quarterbacks you got in tier two? Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers definitely has to be a lot of drama this offseason, but I expect mm-hmm. him to be there, have a really good season just like last year, mostly out of spite, but I, I think he's definitely going to do that as well. And then you have guys like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Any of them could be on that tier two range. I'd probably say Russell Wilson would be the guy I'd have there. I'd probably drop Brady to tier three, but 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all those guys, it's kind of tough to distinguish between tier two and tier three at this point. Yeah, no, definitely is. I think Brady for me is going to be as close as you can get to a league winner as a quarterback for where he's going. I think he's going to have an absolutely massive year and I'm drafting him anywhere and everywhere I can get him. Um, but I just want to quickly pause and say why we're going through the tiers. I think it's very important is there's a lot of rankings out there for fantasy football. When it comes to drafting, I think tiers are very important because it's not always easy to compare running back to wide receiver, but if you break them down the tiers, I think it's very easy to compare them. Um, I think we've talked about already. You've had a lower tier running back in Josh Jacobs, or you can have a higher tier wide receiver in CD lamb. Who do you want to draft? Who's going to benefit your team? And if you sort of put them into tiers, you can see, okay, this person's going to help value my team more than the rest. That's why we're doing the tier system. Um, we're going to start with quarterbacks, running backs, and later episodes, we're going to go into wide receivers and uh, tight ends. But going back to tier two, I've got Brady, Allen, Rodgers, and Lamar. And then tier three, I have Russell, Dak, and Herbert. I think you can't really go wrong starting any of the guys in tier one through three. Um, but it, it's definitely a little bit blurry on where you want to place them in what tier. Yeah. And that's a good context that you provided on the tiers. And maybe. For example, if Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert are both in tier three, but they're going, say, two rounds apart, maybe you try to wait the two rounds and take guys at other positions there and then take a guy like Herbert later. So that's that's another good use of the tiers. But I agree with you that, that Dak, Justin Herbert are probably closing out tier three right there. And starting at tier four, I think that's where you come in with guys like Ryan Tannehill with the weapons that he has, Matthew Stafford, a new opportunity, and then Jalen Hurts. And his legs will be yep. hopefully be able to boost him into that tier. And we'll see. He could be a lot higher if he yeah. is able to succeed in that offense. Yeah, no, I think he could be a lot higher. And the only thing I'm hesitant on is just, is he going to be the quarterback for the Eagles all year? Is he going to be traded? Um, we don't really know. I think a Russian quarterback just skyrockets your value unless you're in a, a six-point touchdown league for quarterbacks. I think – they just give you such a massive advantage. I'd probably move him up into tier three if he is projected, if he is going to be the quarterback the entire year. But right now there's that question mark and I prefer to probably draft someone else. But I think for me, Ben, we talked about this all last year. I feel like Tannehill is just consistently disrespected over and over going into each year. And I think he's just consistently, excuse me, shown to be just a top quarterback. Yeah, and my only concern early in the offseason was the loss of his offensive coordinator, but then mm-hmm. they acquired Julio Jones, which yeah. I think definitely trumps the loss of the offensive coordinator. So Tannehill yeah. should be the guy who you should be able to start every pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only two quarterbacks I'm really grabbing here are Brady and Tannehill, and uh, they're everywhere I can get them, and it's, it's great because I think they're just going to be consistently quarterback ones each week, and that's what I want from the position. I'm not looking to pay up to get a, a Rodgers to pay up. I get uh, Mahomes or Lamar or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm definitely trying to wait to this tier four, tier five range, maybe even use weekly guys instead of mm-hmm. spending a, a significant draft pick. But another thing worth mentioning is injury risk. We have Dak, we have Joe Burrow, both coming off major injuries. If you're going to spend a pick on them, definitely – look into their injury history, uh, yep. maybe consider that um, if you're 
maybe take someone in the same tier instead of them if you're worried mm-hmm. about that, but definitely another consideration. Yeah, I mean, Dak could be a my, – my, look, look at the start of last year. Dak and the Cowboys were just scoring like 30 points a game on average. He could be in the Tier 2, the Tier 1 range by the end of this year, but just the injury I think knocks him down to Tier 3, and that's where you're okay to take that risk. But um, sort of wrap up Tier 4, I think Joe Burrow's in there, but let's talk about Tier 5, and I think that's pretty much where we have the rest. I think the rest, Tier 5 is where – you're outside of your consistent starting QBs and you're into your weekly spot starts. Yep. Kirk Cousins was a really solid guy last year uh, as a weekly starter. Derek Carr, we just mentioned guys like that. I think Daniel Jones could be a guy that certain weeks you'll be able to start him this year. They increase his weapons. He's got that rushing ability. I'm definitely not, I wouldn't draft him, but if you're looking for a weekly starter, I think he's a guy that can step in there certain weeks yeah. Whoever the, the Saints quarterback is, if it's Taysom Hill, his ceiling is a lot higher, but I think they're definitely leaning toward Jameis Winston, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Interesting. I would have that reversed. I would think, well, I don't know. The rushing capabilities, Hill does does benefit him. I don't know. It's going to be a wash in with the Saints for quarterbacks, at least, for who's going to be there in value. But I think one guy I did want to highlight in this tier is Kirk Cousins, and he's someone you could see move up the tiers um, as the season goes on. I think they're in a very good place, both defensively and offensively, for the Vikings, where I could see him really being competitive this year and maybe moving up into the tier four. Yeah, and I'll just mention Matt Ryan as, as another tier five guy, new offensive coordinator. Hopefully that offense will look better, even though they lost Julio Jones. But bringing in Kyle Pitts, he could be another guy that late in the draft as you're as your starter for earlier in the year, but you're not spending a high draft pick on, but uh, yep. All righty running back tiers. Now this QBs are interesting, but I think this is where we're going to really get interesting here. Running back tiers. I think it's very clear what tier one is. Um, Mind you can, if you want to really talk about tier one, it's Christian McCaffrey, then it's cook. And then there's Henry and Kamara. But I think tier one grouping them together is CMC cook, Henry and Kamara. I think those are my, Top four, and maybe Kamara drops down to the tier two, but I think he's there and definitely in that conversation. Yep, I'd have him in tier one as well. And then tier two, these are the guys who you probably have to spend a first-round pick on, even though they're second tier, but it's Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, Nick Chubb, Saquon coming off a torn ACL, and Zeke. I think we're agreed on that as probably tier two. Yeah, I think for me, I am selecting – Mixon and Eckler over uh, Saquon just because of the reports that have come out and talking about him maybe being back week three, who knows what the injury is like, but I think I'm not drafting Saquon regardless. I I think I'm picking those guys over, but I think Aaron Jones is the one guy who has come into the season with a weird storyline being Aaron Rodgers being out. So he dropped away down the board. Now he's creeping back up, but he's, he should be that fifth running back off the board. But right now he's going at the end of the first, early the second round. So I think he's a big steal for me. Agreed. I think, yeah, he's he's a dull thread back that after those first four, there aren't too many left that you can confidently say they're going to be involved in both the rushing and the passing game. So definitely like him mm-hmm. there. And getting into tier three, you said you take Mixon and Eckler over, over Saquon. I take Eckler over Saquon, but Joe Mixon is not – been a guy that I've loved in the past. I know there's just there always seems to be a lot of drama around him that 
I know yeah. he's, he's a good running back when he's on the field and mm-hmm. engaged and maybe with a good offense this year, he'll be that the offer opportunity is definitely going to be there, but I'm still a little cautious taking Joe Mixon, but I think he is in tier three. Definitely. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mixon this year and I'm probably overly too much of a fan, but I think he's a great running back too, to have, if you can pair him up and maybe get him, I think he's going like the mid second round. Um, but I think wrapping up this tier, we have Gibson, Taylor, Clyde Edwards, Lair, and Najee Harris. I think any of these guys as your wide receiver, your running back one, I think you're okay. I think I'd prefer them all as a very high end running back two, but I think these are your guys that are in that next tier. Yep, and if you're going to have one of those guys as your RB1, then you're looking at tiers four and five where you probably want to get two more guys that you'd be comfortable starting. And yeah. tier four, starting with a guy who was really good last year, David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. We'll see how the situation changes this year. But based on his production last year, he kind of looks like a steal right now. But mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's going about the right range. I'd, I'd take him. Maybe I'd maybe take him a little bit ahead of his current ADP. But yeah. I think he's a guy who – Starts tier four, and then you get into guys like J.K. Dobbins, Daryl Henderson, mm-hmm. Chris Carson, and DeAndre Swift, who all have their knocks against them, but all have a lot of upside. Yeah, and with these first tiers for your fantasy running backs, I don't think you can necessarily win your league with tier one and two. I think you can lose your league with tier one and two. And mind you, you never win, win or lose your league with the draft. There's always stuff throughout the season. But if you want to just slowly look at the draft, I think you want to be somewhat safe in those first two tiers, but then when we get into tier three and four, that's where you can win your league. And I think Montgomery and Henderson are the guys this year um, that are going to be league winners. I think Montgomery is severely undervalued and I love him where he's going right now. Yeah. And Henderson, the other guy you mentioned, I, for now, as long as he's the, the starting running back on that team, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, But I'm not convinced that the Rams aren't going to go out and, and make a move to bring in a guy who at least push Henderson, maybe take some of the, the work away from him. But I can't see them going into the se- or going throughout the entire season with Daryl Henderson as their number one guy and then a couple guys who have never played in the NFL as the other running backs on a team that's looking to compete for a Super Bowl. So I think they'll add depth, yeah. but we'll see how that happens. I'm not sure. But right now, I mean, we're looking at he's going as the running back 21 and Montgomery's going as the running back 19. Uh, that's just crazy to me. And they're just going to win you a lot of weeks. If you pair them with a top end running back, you pair them with a Travis Kelsey type. So I think that wraps up tier four. Um, I'm a little, before we wrap it up, I think I'm a little concerned about Swift. I'm not a huge fan of him and I'm not drafting him, but I think he does fit in that tier above the tier five guys in Miles Sanders, Mostert, Jacobs, Gaskin, Mike Davis, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Chase Edmonds. I think that's your next tier where, for me, I don't want to have to start these guys. I want them as my running back three. Yeah, I agree on that. These are volatile guys. Really interesting when you break down each one. Miles Sanders, how's he going to work with Jalen Hurts? The opportunity is mm-hmm. going to be there, but how well is, how well is that offense going to function? Mostert, can he stay healthy? Yeah. Josh Jacobs has got Kenyon Drake in his backfield as well. How's that going to factor in? And mm-hmm. guys like ETN and Kareem Hunt, guys who are going to share backfields. James Robinson, we don't have in this tier, but from the beginning of the season, he might be the starter. And I think those two guys are going to work well together. But 
like we said, tier five, a lot of open questions, but guys that have a lot of upside. Yeah, I think James Robertson, you might be the outlier on here and putting him this high up. I think I, I, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to being fantasy relevant this year, which is unfortunate because I like him a lot and he was great last year. But uh, yeah, I think we might have to make some sort of bet on that line there. But um, I think out of this tier here, the guys that excite me the most and mind you, we're talking about value where you're drafting them. I think most are. And Chase Edmonds, for me, are the two guys in this group where I'm like, okay, I'm willing to draft them as the running back three because they have that potential upside to be massive booms. They do have that risk. But at a running back three, I'm willing to take that risk to go and win my league. Agreed. And let's finish it off with tier six. We got David Johnson, Ronald Jones, Damian Harris. Zach Moss is a guy who I think is in this tier. Mm -hmm. But a lot of guys that I'm not sure you're going to be able to start week to week, but these are guys yeah. that if, if someone goes down, if there's an injury, maybe they step up and there's a bigger opportunity, but, or maybe they're guys who just break out at some point this year and yeah. then you'll be comfortable starting. But from tier six, you're really just looking at value at this point. Yeah. Now you're just trying to find values. I think Javante Williams is a guy that should be, or is in this tier. I think he has that potential to be the Broncos starting running back. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's not going to be the, that guy this year. So I think he's going to be, have a good year, but, um, and when you're looking for value in here, I think, uh, Duke Johnson is my guy who I'm willing to go with here. And yes, he's old. Yes. He's on the Texans. Yes. It's just a horrible situation, but he's going to be productive. Like he is their best player on that team and he's going to get passing out, uh, passing potential he's going to get rushing potential and i think he's really being overlooked and someone who i want as a running back three or running back probably not a running back three but a running back four who's just safe and can still get me that running back two, running back three potential every single week i just want to clarify that that's david johnson right sorry Texans. wrong <laughs> they had they had the most last year duke johnson no yep. longer with the texans but david johnson yep. yeah he's a guy i really liked last year but the texans a lot of uncertainty and we'll mm-hmm. get into that in our next episode but i think we want to conclude this episode talking about running back handcuffs oh yeah. Trevor, who are your favorite running back handcuffs this year i think pollard is the go-to guy i think pollard and gus edwards are my two favorite ones i think if their running back partners go down they've got the best opportunity and mind you Madison is another one you want to talk about for opportunity, but I just, I'm not as excited at, on him for whatever reason as a Pollard or as an AJ Dillon or as Gus Edwards. Yeah. I really like AJ Dillon. I I'd say tall, Tony Pollard is my top one as well, but AJ Dillon right at number two, we should see more opportunities with mm-hmm. Jamal Williams gone. If Aaron Jones gets hurt, I expect Dillon to fill in very well on a really good offense with Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah, and I think the reason why I'm out on Madison is because I want my handcuff to have some sort of value to me. I hate having guys on my bench that don't do anything unless I'm heavily dependent on one player, which I'd never try and be. And I think those other guys that we've mentioned all have potential to give you weeks where they could be running backs if you needed to spot start them. Um and if their partner goes down, then they're just going to be skyrocketing to RB2, RB1 range, potentially. Yeah, I think Jamal Williams is another guy worth mentioning. If DeAndre Swift goes down, Jamal Williams, I think, is going to have a decent amount of value. He's got 
combination of both the rushing and the passing game. But he's a guy, like you said, yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you want to carry him on your roster if you're yeah. just waiting for an injury. It's also the Lions, and I think they're gonna be atrocious this year. So we'll 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 have to wait and see with that one. But um yeah, we're going to wrap up our first episode here of the season. Uh, this is season two, episode one. Um, uh, like we said in the beginning of the episode, we're doing YouTube this week, this year. So you can find us on YouTube at the fan, uh, at the wild. Wow. First episode here. Sorry, guys. At the Fantasy Wildcat. Um, you can also listen to us uh, on Spotify, on Apple Music and uh, anchor you can find us a bunch of different places for podcasts so whatever you like to enjoy with your listening experience uh, make sure to give us a follow and uh, ben you want to quickly let them know about our twitter yeah go follow us on twitter at fantasy wildcat and we'll be putting out a lot of content links to our youtube all the podcasts we're going to be tweeting every week mm-hmm. maybe engaging you guys with some polls and stuff like that that we can talk about on our episodes but go there that'll be the, our central point for all of our content so go follow us at fantasy wildcat all right we're gonna sign out and thanks everyone for watching or listening